The movie The Nativity Story chronicles the events leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. One scene captures well the predicament of Joseph. Throughout the movie, Joseph is portrayed as a hard-working and faithful man, the unsung hero who courageously leads his family, endures hardship, and does God's bidding, even when the future is uncertain. In one scene, Mary and Joseph are traveling the long, arduous road from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They have stopped for the evening by the Sea of Galilee and have just roasted a fish for supper. Mary looks up from preparing the meal and says with a smile, The baby is moving. As she rubs her hand across her belly, Joseph looks on with a mixture of excitement and concern. Mary says, You never really told me of your dream. Joseph looks as if he might answer but turns away. No, really, Mary insists. Tell me. Joseph leans towards her and says, The angel came to me. He told me the child within you had been conceived by the Holy Spirit and that I should not be afraid. Mary asks, Are you afraid? Yes, Joseph whispers. Are you? Yes. They both laugh nervously and Mary continues, Do you ever wonder when we'll know? When we'll know he's more than just a child? Will it be something he says or a look in his eyes? Looking helpless, Joseph says, I wonder if, if I will even be able to teach him anything. You ever wonder what was going on in Joseph and Mary's minds? Trying to figure out how they were going to raise the Son of God. How they were going to raise the Savior. How they were going to raise the Creator. This morning, we're starting out on a three-week journey. It's the journey to Christmas. It's a sermon series that I'm excited about. As we travel back in time, we're going to spend the next three weeks looking at people who journeyed to the very first Christmas. As we prepare our hearts to celebrate the coming of God into our world in the person of Jesus Christ, we are going to examine our own journeys to Christmas. Where are you this morning? Where are you in your journey to Christmas? What are you bringing to Christmas this year? You know, it's been a, it's been a tough year in our country. It's been a tough year. We've got wars going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've had an economy that has been struggling and sluggish. Um, we have all kinds of people losing their jobs, people with job uncertainty. We ask the question, am I going to have a job next week? We have lost loved ones. We have experienced discouragement. We have experienced disappointment. There are all kinds of things that we have gone through. There are all kinds of things to fear in our world. Well, this morning we're going to talk about Mary and Joseph and their journey to Christmas. It's a journey of faith. It is about overcoming fear with trust and courage. So, I invite you to join me as we journey to Christmas. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And that's where we're going to start. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7 is where we'll begin and keep your Bible handy because there's one more passage we're going to read directly out of the Bible later, later on. Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Eighty miles. As the crow flies, it's about 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That journey would have taken about four days in a caravan. Four days. Except uh, Moseph and Jerry. Joseph and Mary had particularly extraordinary circumstances. A very pregnant girl on the back of a donkey would have needed about a week to cover the distance. Imagine that. Ladies, for those of you who have been pregnant, imagine riding on the back of a donkey for a week through the warm Palestinian springtime. Luke uses details in his gospel that Matthew does not in order to give us a chronological as well as a uh, location uh, context as far as where this is all taking place. Augustus was Caesar. He was the grandnephew of Julius Caesar, who later adopted Augustus as his son and designated him to be his heir. In 27 BC, Augustus became emperor and Caesar. He was sovereign over the entire Roman Empire. Listen to this description of Augustus. Divine Augustus Caesar, son of a god, imperator of land and sea, the benefactor and savior of the whole world. Augustus was kind of a big deal, if you ask me. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of important. And when he decided to take a census of the entire Roman world, you better do what he says. The Romans would take a census every 14 years, and whenever they conquered a new land. So if they conquered a new land, they would go in and take a census of the people living there. The censuses were administered locally, and they were not necessarily done all at the same time, and they were done for tax purposes. So the census in Palestine may have taken place at a different time than a census in another part of the world, which kind of explains a little bit of a chronological discrepancy between Quirinius being governor of Syria and Augustus being emperor. We're going to get into that next year. Something to look forward to. If you're not going to join us for the next, I don't know, 50 weeks or so, but you want to come back next year for Christmas, hey, we're going to talk about uh, dispelling the myths of Christmas next year. So something to look forward to in about, I don't know, 50 weeks or so. Anyway, that's next year. This year, we're journeying to Christmas, right? Right. So the governor of Syria, of which Palestine was a part, administered the census for his region, and everyone went to their towns to register, and Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. It was a journey of faith, not just a journey over land, but the journey of their souls as well. There was Mary's faith to believe that the child within her was really going to be the Son of God, that she carried the Messiah. There was Joseph's faith, Joseph's faith, to believe the angel God sent and trust that Mary had been faithful to him and was carrying the Savior of the world. There was the faith that they had together that would carry them through the months of slander and gossip. It truly was a journey of faith. Speaking of faith, I spend a little bit of time on the social networking website, Facebook. Every day I get on there and I check the statuses of my friends and I update my status with cute, witty things sometimes. Sometimes it's Bible verses. Sometimes it's just whatever's on the top of my head. Anyway, so I get on Facebook and I'm friends with many of you on Facebook, I'm sure. I think I've got about 35, 40 friends here at the church on Facebook. If you are on Facebook and want to add me, just search for Sean Cornette. You'll find me on Facebook. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. One of my friends, though, her name is Tanya. She's a children's minister in Indianapolis. And she updated her, her Facebook status the other day with this. I love this. 
just watched a preschooler pray that Jesus would let him walk through a wall. He had his hands on the brick wall, just begging Jesus to let him walk on through. I love that. I emailed her and asked her permission to tell the story. I asked her, is it okay if I tell the story to my congregation in my sermon on Sunday? She said, sure. And uh, he, she, this is what she told me. He's a four-year-old boy named Robbie. And he, she says, he was standing on the wall with his legs spread and both hands on the wall. The kids were all lined up as they were coming back from using the restroom. And he said, hey, everyone, let's pray that God will let me walk right through this wall. Then he started praying with great passion. Dear Jesus, I know you can do it. You can let me walk through this wall. Come on, Jesus, let me go through this wall. That, that is faith. That is faith. Faith enough to put his little hands on a wall because he believed that Jesus could get him through that wall. No matter what the laws of physics say, his little boy believed that he could walk through walls. Kind of like the laws of nature. Let's say a young girl cannot give birth as a virgin. What seems impossible for man is possible for God. If we will believe and trust. You know, we are all on a journey in life. Every single one of us. We're all on a journey. It's not scriptural, but if there was a book of Hezekiah, Hezekiah 4 or 5 would say, we're all on a journey. It's true. We're on a journey of faith. Some have never started that journey, while others are well along. This journey that we are on is a lot like the journey of Christmas, the journey to Christmas that Mary and Joseph took. The journey of faith required two things of Mary and Joseph, and likewise it requires two things of us. The first is trust. Trust is a key concept in Scripture, and there's one place that it is found over and over and over again. There's one part of Scripture where you will find trust over and over and over again, and that is in the Psalms. Psalm 910 says, those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. David wrote in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 25, 1 and 2 says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Listen to Psalm 36, 7, 37, 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord. And do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord. I love this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. David was in trouble in Psalm 56. The Philistines had seized him, and he wrote in verses 3 and 4, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Psalm 115 says to trust in the Lord because he is our help and shield. Three times in Psalm 115 it says, he is our help and shield. There are two verses in Proverbs that I had to memorize. She's not here this morning. I'm going to tell you what my mom did to me when I was a kid. All right. She may listen to this on the internet later. She won't deny it. But when I was a kid, instead of like punishing us in physical ways, mom would punish us by torturing us emotionally. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not abuse or anything like that. No, believe me. No. Um, mom would make us write definitions. 
Mom would make us write Bible verses all the time. We got in trouble. I had to write papers as a kid, not in school, but at home. I told a lie. I had to write a three-page paper on telling the truth. I had to look up Bible verses. I'm seven years old writing three-page papers on telling the truth. One of the verses that I had to memorize, one of the verses that I had to write over and over and over and over and over again was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, when I lean on my understanding, when I lean on my knowledge, I get nowhere. I am limited. I am finite. I know very little. God is unlimited. God is infinite. God knows everything. Why wouldn't I trust him? Why wouldn't I put my faith in him? Why wouldn't I believe him when he says he knows? Why wouldn't I trust him? The New Testament, surprisingly enough, says very little about trusting God. The New Testament has very little. But Jesus, in one famous passage, told his disturbed disciples to trust him. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. John 14, 1 through 6. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. I am the way. On the journey of faith, we need a guide. We need someone who is trustworthy. We need someone to lead us. We need someone to show us the way. What did Jesus say? I am the way. You want to know the way to get where you're going? You want to know the way? Jesus is the way. You can trust him, for he is good and he is God. As you make your way along this journey of faith, you may lose your way. Jesus will be there to help you find it again. He is a light that shines in the darkness. He is a trustworthy friend who will get you back to where you need to be. He will get you back in the right path. Jesus loves you. And I cannot stress that enough. Jesus loves you. He loves you enough. He loves you so much that he died on a Roman cross so that your sins would be forgiven. He loves you so much that even though you may be lost on your journey of faith, he knows right where you are. You may think to yourself, you may feel, you may say, I feel so lost. Any of you ever felt lost before? If you're a guy, raise your hand. Because you may not be lost spiritually, but you've been lost, you know, needing a map and refusing to look at one. You ever felt lost? Jesus knows right where you are. If you feel lost right now, Jesus knows right where you are. And he's willing to take you back. He's willing to take you back just as you are. All he asks is that you trust him. Trust him for your daily bread. Trust him for guidance. Trust him for salvation. I believe that God is constantly crying out. God is constantly calling out to us, just 
trust me? Will you just trust me? I know the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Just trust me. And we can trust him because he is good. He is a good father. He is the good shepherd. He leads and he guides and he loves. Too often we do not trust him as we should. We go our own way. We do lean on our own understanding. I have to make this work. I have to figure this out. I have to find my way in this world. The journey of faith is not about I. The journey of faith is about him. Follow him. Believe in him. Trust him. He knows the way. And he will guide you and lead you along your journey of faith. The journey of faith not only requires trust, but it requires courage as well. Joseph had to have great courage to face all that he would face during Mary's pregnancy. Joseph was going to divorce Mary. He was going to end it. He said, I'm just going to quietly divorce her, quietly put her away, and move on. I'm sure it broke his heart. He loved Mary. They were, they were supposed to get married. They were engaged to be married. But he said, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. The Bible says not exposing her to public shame. And then an angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. His journey of faith was going to require courage, and he would have to overcome some fear. In much the same way, our journeys of faith requires to be courageous. We have to have real faith in order to overcome the fears of this world. We have to have true courage to survive everything that life throws at us. In Deuteronomy 31.6, the children of Israel were about ready to cross over into the promised land. They were on a journey of faith of a different kind. This is what Moses told them. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. God is going with you and he will never leave or forsake you. Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Memorize that verse. Psalm 118.6 The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Say it with me. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. We have nothing to be afraid of, for God is with us. I love the story of Jesus walking on the water in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus comes walking out on the water, which had to be just totally cool to see. I've told you about the heavenly movie theater that I hope, the heavenly cinema, that we're going to be able to watch, you know, this Friday night. You know, call up movie phone, this Friday night, playing at the heavenly 4,000. Jesus walking on the water. Showtimes at, it'd just be totally cool to see. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. The disciples are in the boat. It's kind of a dark and stormy night. You've heard the story before. And the disciples start freaking out, saying, it's a ghost. They're afraid. It's a ghost. Ghosts uh, seeing apparitions at night uh, meant impending doom. And so the disciples are terrified as they see this ghost walking out to them. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. That's when Peter went walking on the waves. But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. Even though he was sinking, what did Jesus do? The Bible says he reached out to him and immediately, immediately brought him up out of the water. 
You know, sometimes in our journey of faith, we have fear and trepidation. We get scared and we take our eyes off of God. We don't know how we're going to make ends meet. Sound familiar? We don't know what those medical tests are going to show. We don't know if we're going to have a job next week. We don't know if our kids are going to be safe. There are a lot of unknowns in our lives. There are a lot of unknowns along this journey of faith. But that's what faith is all about. It's putting the unknown in the hands of the one who knows everything. As we journey through this life, we have to believe that God, we have to believe that God knows the unknown, but that he will guide us through it. He will lead us and never forsake us. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. He will lead us. He will never, ever forsake us. He will go with us each step of the way. Every step you take. Should I break out in song? No. Every step you take, he is right there with you. He is there for you. He will never leave you. Never. The Bible says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never, ever ever, ever leave us. Take courage, my friends, for God is with us. You want to know how I know that? You want to know why that's especially appropriate this time of year? In Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah prophesied that there would be a baby born and that they would call him Emmanuel. In Matthew, I think it's chapter 1, Matthew tells us what Emmanuel means. He refers back to Isaiah's prophecy. And he says, Emmanuel means God with us. See, God just wasn't with Isaiah when he wrote that prophecy. God wasn't just with the disciples and the people of the Bible. That's a present tense. God with us. God is with you. Wherever you go. Every step you take. God is with us. He is with us. God is with you. And he will never, ever leave you, abandon you, or forsake you. Though we may turn our backs on him, though we may walk away from him, though we may wander from the truth, though we may wander from the path, God will never, ever leave you. You may feel far away from him. You may feel like he's a million miles away. He is right there with you, waiting, waiting for you to turn and say, God, I need you. In the Polar Express, a doubting boy boards a magical train on Christmas Eve, which is headed for the North Pole. Adventure after adventure befall him and a little girl who becomes his friend as they are guided along by the conductor. As the train ascends a particularly steep hill, the threesome is climbing from the top of the engine down into the coal car. The conductor is telling them to watch for ice when the boy slips. The conductor grabs him just in time and swings him back on board, which reminds the conductor of his first trip on the Polar Express. As they make their way back in the train, they talk about what it really means to believe. The conductor says, years ago on my first Christmas Eve run, I was, ru- I was up on the roof making the rounds by myself when I slipped on the ice. I reached out for a hand iron, but it broke off. I slid and fell, and yet I did not fall off this train. Someone saved you? The girl asks. Or something, the conductor says. The girl says, an angel. The conductor responds, maybe. 
The boy says, wait, wait, what did he look like? Did you see him? And the conductor responds, no, sir. Sometimes seeing is believing. And sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. It really is hard to believe in what we cannot see. It is. I'm not going to pretend that it's not. It's easy for Sean to get up here on a Sunday morning and say, believe, trust, be courageous, yada, yada, yada. It's hard. The journey of faith is hard. But we are not alone on this journey. God is there giving us courage and walking with us every step of the way. As you think about your journey of faith, as you think about your journey to Christmas this year, what are the hardest steps to take? Is it trusting in God to provide? Is it believing that he is even there? Because there are days when it's like, God, are you even there? Is it having the courage to overcome the fear of the unknown? Mary and Joseph went on this amazing journey of faith. And as you begin your journey to Christmas 2009, let their example help you lead you to the baby born in Bethlehem. Let their example of trust and courage give you strength to take the next step. For some of you, that next step is having the faith it takes to believe that God will lead you and guide you. Having the faith to believe that God will not leave you, that God will not forsake you. For some of you, that step is trusting in God to provide for your needs. For others here this morning, that step is rededicating to yourself to following Jesus on the journey of faith. For some others, the next step in your journey of faith is to join our family of faith. We want to be the church family for your family. And we invite you, if you've been worshiping with us for a while, to do just that. Come forward during our invitation song that we'll sing in just a moment and join our family. Become part of our family of faith. For still others, the next step in the journey of faith may be the first step in your journey of faith. The first step on the journey of faith is to believe that Jesus died, to turn, over, to turn your life to God in repentance, to confess your faith and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you can do that this morning. We offer an invitation every week here. Every week we invite people to come forward and make Christ the Lord of their lives, to give their lives to Jesus. We invite you to do that today if you've never done that. Maybe today is the day for you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and begin this journey of faith. If it is, then we encourage you to come forward during the next song and be baptized today. Life is a journey, my friends. It's not always easy. In fact, oftentimes it's hard. Sometimes the path is dark and scary, but we're never alone. For Emmanuel, the Son of God, is with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the promises of your word, the promise to always be there, the promise to never abandon us, the promise to never leave us, the promise to never forsake us. I ask that God today that you would, as we leave this place in just a little while, that you would go with us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would be our Father, that you would be our friend, that you would be our Lord, that you, we would make you the King of our lives. Help us, God, to remember, to know that you are always, always there, and that we can always turn to you, and you will never leave us. Thank you for the promises of Christmas. Thank you for being Emmanuel our God who is with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.